And we are here for the post show. Hello. So I was telling Greg uh, a little more 3D printer stuff. Ever since I put in that new all metal hot end for Microsys, the printer has been printing like a dream. Until I loaded this orange filament, and I was having like failed prints, like stuff was that not. Reminds me, how do I stick my plumbus together? I mean, oh, uh, I'll have to get you some super glue. Or do you have super glue? Huh? I don't have super. Glue. All right, I'll, I'll, we'll glue it before you leave. Okay. I think because I'm pretty sure it's out in the garage right now. Um, you made me a plumbus. I did make you a plumbus. Uh, it's a shame that the the STL file that I downloaded had some errors to it. You can see where like the surfaces are missing. You can use your three doodler or something to put this in. <laughs> yeah, you could. You could definitely. Um, probably. I think I have some white plastic. You probably fill that yeah. in. It, it it doesn't seem like it's going to break off. Yeah, the, I'm not really worried about it. The part that looks like the flaccid penis of the plumbus <laughs> is. Where the error is, yeah. um, I'm I'm happy with how that print turned out. The, uh, Greg showed me this, this scale model solar system, or at least the diameters of the planet scale model. They're all stacked right beside right. each other, and uh, that printed great. Yeah, this white plastic. This white plastic is crazy. It's 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 like a no name brand that doesn't exist outside of Amazon. It's called Worksteel. If you Google for Worksteel, the only thing you get is the Amazon listing. Hmm. And it's cheap. I think I paid $16 for a kilo of that, you know, where average price is like $24, $25. It's almost 10 bucks off. And this stuff's printing amazing. And I wanted to get a, a, a spool of white because for things to be painted, that's that's what you want. You don't want to be painting over right, yeah. orange or green or red or whatnot. So, uh, anyway... Printer's been printing like a dream. Super happy with that last upgrade that I did. Uh, the only upgrade I'm eyeing right now is a hardened nozzle so I can print uh, filaments that are abrasive. Carbon fiber, um, copper, glow-in-the-dark, mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, but this orange spool of filament... And the rubbery stuff. And the rubbery stuff. Well, that's not. I'm not planning on buying anything for that. I'm planning on just mm. putting... It's still an upgrade. It is an upgrade. I'm planning on putting in a tube that helps direct the rubbery stuff to go in the extruder instead of elsewhere. But anyway, orange stuff wasn't working. And I had it calibrated in. I'm like, what is going on? I tried printing the arms of this robot guy five times yesterday. And like every time it was coming detached from my build plate. Yeah. And, you know, you can't have a 3D print where it becomes detached because then it starts making spaghetti. Where it's just extruding wherever, whatever, right. because uh, reality does not match what the computer thinks is reality. Mm -hmm. So it starts doing stupid stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm getting discouraged. I'm like, I was so happy with the printer. I thought I had it dialed in. But now I'm having these problems. And it turns out I added this. Sp the, the spool holder on top of the printer is... So long. So the 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 filament that's used for the fin, for the printer comes in a spool, uh, yeah. like like a thread. The spool is of, uh, about ten inches in diameter and about four and a half inches wide, mm -hmm. and it sits on a little spool holder like you would expect, um, where it's this thing that sits up like above the printer machine. and has this horizontal thing that the spool, the hole in the center of the spool sits on. Um. One of the filament companies called Hatchbox, the spools are too wide for the one that comes with the Maker Select. 
so it doesn't fit on. Like, it sits up at an angle. So one of the common mods, and on Thingiverse, people have designed all kinds of spool holder extensions. Most of the extensions replace the original one completely. I found one where it takes advantage of the original one. You turn the original one upside down, and there's a channel from the pressure uh, the way that was pressure molded, or um, yeah, pressure molded, injection molded. That's it, injection molded. And he used that to sit his thing in. I'm like, I love the creative reuse of the original one. Turn it upside down, put it on. So I, I put that on, you know, early last week. And I printed white and black and gold and everything's fine. And I put this orange in and everything's fucking up left and right. And I didn't realize it until just today that the inside hub of the orange spool... Like when they made the spool, it's injection molded, and like where the seams are, there's these lips, these rough edges. They're actually getting stuck on the the modified spool holder, and getting stuck hard. Like I had this thing; it has a big plastic nut, and it was finger tight, but still, it takes a lot of pressure to turn that thing. And this thing was turned like 120 degrees from where I had set it, <laughs> so it had got stuck a bunch of times, and. So now I'm imagining that the extruder is pulling plastic and plastic ain't coming. So it's lifting itself up. It's slamming itself down. And that explained all of my like bed detachments that I was getting. And I printed the rest of this little orange robot guy today. Uh, my tolerances still aren't great. They don't snap fit together like I wanted. But they're, other than that, they're printing great. And uh, yeah, it was, the, it was the spool holder. The friggin' spool holder. It was ruining my prints. On just the orange filament because of how rough the inside of that um, hub is. It's always something. I mean, I was happy that I figured it out, but it's always fucking something. So I mentioned um, the Physics Girl channel to you, which I think okay. you should watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me uh, let me give you a little um, physics uh, challenge question from, from that channel okay. that uh, I think was a, a good one. They have a bunch of them. Uh, you're on a boat and you have a rock. Okay. You take the rock and you throw it into the water. Does the water level rise, sink, or stay the same? Oh, so you're transferring displacement of the boat for... Stays the same. Stays the same. Why would it stay the same? Alright, so you have the mass of the rock in your boat. Yes. So your boat weighs more, so it's going to displace more water. So when you throw the rock and it's still in the air, the boat is going to displace less water and the ocean level is going to sink. Okay, let's ignore the part where it's in the air for the well, sake of the Well, I'm, I'm talking through a thing. Okay, okay, okay. Now, when the rock is in the water just barely completely submerged, it's re-displacing the same amount of water that it was displacing when it was sitting on your boat. Okay, that that's incorrect. No, let me... You're, you're not letting me finish. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just telling you it's incorrect. You're not letting me finish. So my question was that I was going to say, the thing that I don't know is whether... So the mass of the rock is being... Distributor over a greater area, the boat. Let me give you a way that may help you. Don't you want to hear my thought process a little bit? Okay, go ahead. All right, so 
My answer was stay the same. The thing that I was unsure about, about stay the same, was... By the way, the rock sinks. That's part of the... Um... I'd hope so. Yeah. So if it was like Pumas or something, then it'd be a different answer. Okay. No, I was picturing yeah. a piece of granite, a piece of igneous rock is what I was picturing. Um, all right. So my answer was stays the same. And that's because you're transferring the displacement, the ma- the additional mass on the boat displacing the water versus the rock by itself displacing the water. The thing that I was curious about that could prove me wrong was that the rock on the boat is spreading its mass over a larger area of displacement mm-hmm. where the rock by itself is displacing water only over its own area. Mm-hmm. So in considering that without knowing the math, I would say there's a potential. You don't need math for this. I would say there's a potential. You need something. Right. I would say you there's need a, concepts, yeah. I would say there's a potential that if you can spread the mass over a larger area, it's going to um, displace l- less because it's not just about the mass, but it's the mass by area or something like that. You're on the right track that it's not just area, but area and volume, which are different. Think about it this way. This might help. Imagine now that the rock is weighs a million tons. It's a super heavy rock. Fits in your hand. Super heavy rock. Now consider the situation. Oh, so it's just this. Okay, right. All right. So for the rock not to sink the boat, the boat has to be huge. Well. Sure. Somehow, no, somehow. Well, no, let me talk again. You're cutting me off. I'm just, I'm just clarifying. The, somehow, the boat stays above water. The, well, no, it's not somehow. It's the basic rules of buoyancy. Yes, yeah, sure. You have to displace that weight in water to mm-hmm. float. Mm-hmm. So, if the rock is a neutron star, the boat has to be fucking huge to compensate for this super concentrated bit of mass. But if you throw it in the water. It only has a certain volume. Doesn't matter how massive it is, because it's only displacing its volume of water. Right. It'll sink a lot faster. Yes. It'll sink really fucking fast. <laughs> okay. No, I under, I understand yeah. the concept yeah. for it. Sure. It's 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 a cool question. It's one of those things. Yeah, I didn't get it either. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying the, the the cool thing about these. I, I knew where the gotcha was, right? And yeah, if you if you would have let me continue talking, I would have I would have covered that base before you said I was wrong. <laughs> I wasn't done. Okay, I, I just um, it's one of those things that just get you thinking mm-hmm. in in in, the, in that kind of way. I, you want me to give right. me another one? Yeah, absolutely. These are. I like these. These are up my alley. Okay, so you have uh, two sticks uh, that you can burn, and they both will burn for exactly one hour. Now they're not equal. Uh, you, you can't just like cut one in half and, and say they'll. They, they burn at different rates, but they both will burn it at exactly one hour. 
how can you time 45 minutes? You have two sticks of arbitrary length, but different lengths. Different, no, the same length. Different orientation. Oh, same length. Okay. What, I mean, yeah, it, it could be arbitrary. Yeah, arbitrary length is fine. They, they will burn. Both of them will burn for exactly one hour. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to put too much into this. Both of them. Burn it could be arbitrary length. They both will burn for one hour. And and the other thing about them is, is you can't like. They're they're made of. They, Different things that will burn at slightly different rates, so you can't just like cut them directly in half. I don't, I don't understand the conditions you're setting. Okay, you have two sticks, right? Got it. Right. That will burn. They're the same length. That fine. They're the same length. Okay. Work. But they burn at different rates. But they burn for an hour. They burn for exactly an hour. So you can't just. Maybe it'll burn really fast here and really slow here and really fast here and really slow here, whatever. Oh, so you're saying uh, neither stick has a consistent yes. consumption. Right. But they will burn for exactly one hour. Both sticks. So how do you use both sticks to time 45 minutes? I couldn't get this one, by the way. So, oh, so I'm imagining the bastard stick where it burns... 95% in the first three seconds, and then it takes the other 59 minutes and 57 seconds to burn the last 5%. That may be the case. Okay, well, that seems like a pretty useless tool. Um, How can you get that to burn for with two? You need two for this. But you can use two to get to time 45 minutes exactly. There is a way. Burn for an hour each. Don't tell me the answer. I'm not, not telling you the answer. Letting you think it through. But you can't. Even, All I will tell you is that I didn't get this. You can't. You can't use like. You can't, I'm, I'm talking to the listeners, not mm-hmm. to you. Uh, you can't use the notion of half a stick because you don't know. You can't predict. You can't predict anything other than when it's going to extinguish itself. Minutes. What's special about three quarters of an hour when you only know two things? When you only have two shots at measuring an hour, two shots at measuring an hour, but you can't cut, you can't get fractions of an hour because the stick's unpredictable. Don't tell me. Not I'm telling still you. working. Do not tell me until I say the words I give up. Okay. Um, not even a clue. I'm just sitting here, man. <laughs> um, you want to play some music while you're? I'll, I'll get some music out. So, so there you, you go. No, I really want to. I want to tease this one out. I want to. And I know it's going to suck for radio, but I want. I don't care. I want to. I, want, I think you might get this if, if you think it through. Three, two, one. And these are, I mean, these sticks aren't the same stick, right? They're No, they're different sticks. I mean, but they're not, they don't have the same profile. Or do they? Like, like I don't think it matters. Okay, so the, the reason I asked the question 
was I was wondering if you could light the left end of one stick and the right end of the other stick, and if they have equal but opposite profiles, then that could help you determine 45 minutes. It was kind of the, the it was you're on the right path. So they have the same burn profile, both sticks, even though we don't no, know what it is. Not necessarily. No. Okay. They don't necessarily have the same burn profile. That was my, you know, you see what I'm saying, right? If they had yeah, the same yes, burn profile, yes. if you could burn them towards the middle, then you could, you know, I don't have to have a 45 is in there yet, but you could, then you can split time in half, right? Um, but they don't have the same burn profile. Yeah, I mean, since they're so unpredictable, that's that's a very hard time figuring out how to use them against each other. Oh, I know. Just pull out your iPhone and say, Siri, tell me when it's 45 minutes. So that's one way to do it? All right, now you mentioned burning one from the left side and burning the other from the right side. Right. Now I'm telling you, that is... On the way to to thinking about the solution. But so I'm imagining one of these has a ridiculous burn profile where it burns 99% in the first two seconds. It could. I, that that's not really a part of the uh, of the solution. And you can only run six at one time, right? I mean, you can run the sphere as many times as you want to, but it, every time the sticks are different. Just to, to solve the the problem, you only need to run it once. <laughs> I want to get this so bad. I'm wondering if, you know, I'm trying, like right now I'm, I'm thinking out loud for the listeners at home. I'm pondering if there's any way to start the second one after the first one finishes and use that, but that doesn't seem, doesn't seem like there's anything there. I will tell you, there's no tricks here. I'm not... I'm not saying tricks. I'm no, but I'm, I'm just, so you so you know, I'm not, there's no tricky thing to think of. Like, oh, I never... I mean, measure... So, like... Okay, so I'm asking for clues now. And the other thing I want you to answer right now is... Since the sticks are un... And this is make sure sure I understand the rules. But since the sticks have an unpredictable burn profile... Measuring the sticks is useless, right? There's no point in measuring half of the sticks. That's essentially the reason that the unpredictable profile is put in there. So measuring is useless. burn for 60 minutes we don't have any other timekeeping device we don't have can't you we can't fraction up the burn profile because it's unpredictable we have two well it is predictable you know it burns for 60 minutes when it's done so you have a 60 minute hourglass 
or you have a, bu- a buzzer that goes off in 60 minutes and you have another buzzer that goes off in 60 minutes I think that it will it will help you if you stay on the sticks have one ignite the other one is that a part of this no, no. okay I was thinking, and I didn't think there was—I didn't think that it was the answer. But the idea was, if they were crossed at a certain proportion, one could ignite the, ignite the other one. But since they're unpredictable, I didn't think it was mm-hmm. the answer. Who at home knows this answer? I'm debating whether you tell me the answer or whether we go on to something else and I think about it on my own time. <laughs> tell me the answer. Okay. Let me give you a... Tell the listeners the answer. I don't want to know it, but the listeners do, so... Let me give you a hint. Um, which end you start printing from doesn't matter. No. I mean, I, I kind of gather that since their profiles are unpredictable. You can start burning from either end. Oh, you can like the same stick on both ends. Yes! So it will extinguish in half the time. So if you... you now you have a 30-minute timer. And how do you get to 45, though? So you could start the second stick at 30 minutes and either have it last an hour or 30 minutes. How do you get to 45? So you can measure 90 minutes, you can measure 60 minutes, Mm -hmm. and you can measure two hours. Mm -hmm. How do you measure 45 minutes? How do you get half of that 90? What is it? All right. You start stick one burning at both ends. At the same time, you start stick two burning at one end. When stick one gets to its end, wherever it is, you start the other. You start the other end of stick two, and this may go only to here, but this will meet half an hour to go. Damn it! (laughs) That's a cool question, right? It's one of those things I didn't get. Like I said, I didn't get it. It, It's. but it's one of those things when you when you get it, it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, I don't think I consider burning at both ends. I, I That's know. the leap. That's sort of the leap you have to make to get into the Oh, I mean I was like kind of seeing like have one ignite the other one, you know, I was yeah. I was close. You were close, but that's why I was like when if you started to think about hourglasses that will yeah. push you in the wrong direction. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
so now that we have that out of the way, going to get you thinking about some uh, some other physics stuff. So I wanted to talk about I, I listened to to last week. I thought I did a decent job, but I didn't explain one thing very clearly. And I think that um, if I explain it more clearly, maybe you'll understand. Because I was talking about how there's this line of draw, a vertical line, and then a horizontal line, and we call that horizontal line time. And if you are accelerating in some other direction, then I also talk about how they get rotated mm-hmm. in something. I also said that when uh, time is when they're going exactly the speed of light, it's rotated directly on this horizontal sure. axis. Sure, no, I understand that. So what I did, I mean, so let me talk to you and to the listeners. Greg has this vertical line, horizontal line, going off to the right, and then. You know, so if you're standing still, you're traveling through time at full speed. And we've had this conversation before right. about talking about time dilation right. and stuff like that. And even before we were really, before you were, when we were par- at parody right. with science stuff, we talked about things like this. And so, but he's drawing it differently than we ever talked about back then. And he's drawing this, this example is a 45 degree line off the origin. So half the speed of light. Right, you're traveling mm-hmm. at half the speed of light. And because your motion is moving through space as well as time, you have to basically divide by the cosmic speed limit, the speed of light. And so your time is slowing down. So, so, I mean, so it, every every yeah. bit you move up, you're moving slower in the time dimension. In in yes, yeah, right. 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 No, so I, I yeah, that that's yeah. how I understand right. this. Uh, what and, I and mentioned the background why why we were there. What I mentioned was that you couldn't move this line if you once you move faster than the light, you move this line past this mm-hmm. demarcation line. What I didn't mention is is why that couldn't be done, and the answer is remember this is time, so that means this is backwards in time. Mm-hmm. So if you traveled faster than light, you're rotating into traveling backwards in time. That's why it's unphysical. That's why you can't do it. All right. So first question is, is this simple diagram why you can't do it? Is it possible that your analogy just breaks down at the vertical line and this diagram is not applicable? Right. I mean, I'm. Yeah. I'm not uh, arguing. That no, we can no, go no, 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 no. I, I totally, I totally see what but, you're uh, saying. But you're saying this diagram is why we. This diagram illustrates why it can't be done. Right. And I'm saying, is the diagram insufficient? Yeah. Yes, uh, this diagram is a simplification. Mm-hmm. But it is the way that mathematically we look at it, and this section we don't know how to accommodate right. for. I mean, so the diagram so, implies you're going backwards in time. Right. And the question I have, and just so people are sure, I'm pretty sure you understand what I'm saying, but just for the listeners, am I saying, does the diagram incorrectly imply we're going backwards in time because the diagram is insufficient? Uh, no, the diagram is sufficient to imply why you're going backwards in time based on our understanding. Uh, because you are rotating... That is true, and you would be from perspective zero, whatever that is, our perspective, 
if you rotated this way, you would be good. So what he's talking about is when you're going the speed of light in this diagram, you're moving on the vertical axis. And if you go faster than the speed of light, then you've rotated left counterclockwise. And so now the arrow is pointing at a 45 degrees towards... Um, Negative time. You know, 10.30 p.m., mm -hmm. right? You know, 10.30, you know, the hour hand of 10.30. Right. And so that's where the arrow is pointing on the clock. And because it's to the left of vertical, the x-axis is time, so you're moving along the negative time axis. Right. And because in our universe, time only goes one way, as far as we know. It doesn't seem like time is reversible. Yeah, I mean, th this is a realistic graph of what the math says. Okay. Um, as far as whether this graph is like the whole story. No, no. Right? Yeah. What I'm saying is, you know, I just wanted to, you know, just because the analogy makes perfect sense for 90 degrees of this quadrant. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean it makes sense for 180 degrees. Of well, it. I mean, it also doesn't, I mean, like this angle doesn't make sense either, which is below there's, what is this negative space? That also doesn't make sense. It could be like a mirror, right? It could be going just a different direction. You know the right. I'm, I'm, we're 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 taking all of space and putting and and throwing it into one quadrant. One yeah quadrant. So, um, we're we're simplifying. But the only quadrant that makes sense that we can physically now talk negative about. time negative space. There's something there. <laughs> That's where antimatter comes from. So. This actually kind of, it does kind of get into what I wanted to talk about, which is light. And um, I wrote some stuff down here, but I'm trying to, to figure, so this, this is just going through my head. I'm trying to, to think if there's a cool way to, that this, this all resolves into something interesting, and I'm not sure. But let's consider what Newtonian physics is about. Um, you have some object that's moving through space and time, Yes. And let's consider that object as a point of origin on some Cartesian plane. Let's simplify it to two dimensions because that's easy. Easier, okay? Now that object, how it moves, are going to be additional kind of slices in time mm. or that's still the center of each slice, right? Mm -hmm. So we can think of these as like kind of just individual slices that are moving in some extra time dimension, and that's how that's how things move in, when it comes to Newtonian physics. You have an object that sets some place here, objects that take place in this time, this time, and that is actually what we call events when it comes to. Relativity events happen mm -hmm. at a place and a time. So, how an object moves is then with respect to time. You can only, like, the object itself is stationary as far as it's concerned, it's the center of its own coordinate system. So, what matters is either with respect to something else or with respect to this time thing. That is That is what matters. And that's where. Uh, all of you know calculus comes in because that is where you're doing derivatives. You're doing how something is changing with respect to time, or how something is changing with respect to something else. So that's what derivation is: figuring out 
when you have some function and this changes and this also changes what what it comes out to simplified understanding derivation but that's basically what it is okay does that make sense mm -hmm. any yep. questions nope okay so how something moves is, is therefore a function of time so when we if we sort of pull out our perspective then let's see if I get my notes right here uh, so you have some x and y origin and you have some z axis that is time if we you know simplify two mm -hmm. dimensions that sure. through some no that that diagram i've I mean when we first started talking about physics that's kind of how mm -hmm. i imagined uh diagramming the time dimension was yeah. almost like a a series of photographs stacked upon mm -hmm. each other right great perfect so the implication of that is that time is just this static thing uh just it's similar to if i were to say okay now if i'm a knob and i want to rotate that knob well that knob is rotating with respect to the device that it's on so that's why the rotation mm -hmm. looks like rotation if i'm a knob and i want to rotate it with respect to some point at infinity okay. infinitely far away then rotation isn't really happening right because you're not rotating it's infinitely far away you can't translate yourself to something infinitely far away why can't you you could be either looking at a point infinitely far away or not looking at a point. well no not, i'm not talking about like an infinite point in terms of like a, i mean the point that is literally infinitely away but you still know which direction it's in it's not any direction what am i missing you can say there's a point that's infinitely far away at zero degrees and i'm going to turn away from it so, how can I describe this? Because what we're talking about when we talk about translation on a graph, like from moving from point zero to point one. Yeah, I, w I would have thought that making it infinitely far away would have turned it into a point as opposed to an area. So, see, if you move a point from the center of a graph to point one in a graph, but don't move anything else... You can also consider that rotation with respect to a point infinitely far away. Doesn't that this is this is a rotation just to a point that's infinitely far away? Is okay. So, are you trying to say that rotation in movement or carry the same properties or something like that. Is that what you're Kind going for? of. It's a concept that you kind of need to grasp to understand, I think, where I'm going. And I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm describing this well enough for you. Well, I, I think what you just said gets me to think about some things in a new light. Uh, the, the, the tack that you were taking a second ago, saying that I can't... What I heard was something along the lines of, I can't turn away from a point infinitely far away. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. But... 
a better way to think of it is maybe if you move if something if it's right far away if you move a little bit if you rotate a little bit it doesn't look like rotation to you because it's infinitely far away it would take an infinite amount of space for you to oh, find to if see I could actually rotation. if I could actually resolve it right I would see a different face of it is what you're saying but a it's a point so it doesn't have a face right and B it's infinitely far away so I can't resolve it right. and it it's a point. So, I mean, maybe I'm getting what you want me to get, but I think what you're trying to say is it's, is it's the same way that, that that a sphere that's infinite looks. Now, flat. from if your vantage point is the infinitely far away point, and if I'm the point and you move lateral to me, then. I'm going to see a different face of you. You're I'm not sure about I'm not sure about the infinite part, but I mean, you just kind of drew a triangle, right, in your diagram. Right, right. And if you're moving, I'm going to see a different face of you. I'm going to right. see there's this triangle between you and this infinite place, but the point is that if this is really infinite far away, then this angle here, this theta is equal to 0. Oh, well, sure, there's that crazy infinity where uh, in an infinite set, every number is zero. Right. So Almost every number is zero. The point here is that if that this is sort of how time is considered Newtonian physics, is that it's just sort of this background thing uh, that is just there. But that is not how it works in relativity, because now we know, and you and you are understanding of the fact that there can be times that are different for different people right if you're moving a coordinate system that's that's accelerating in certain directions is going to have a different time than this one the implication here is that information therefore has to have a speed limit okay because otherwise this one would know exactly what's going on in that one which there which in order for that to happen completely their time would have time would have to be infinite or time time would have to be there would have to be no speed limit for information for, for because it would have to know at all times what's happening here and this would have to know at all times what's happening here because they'd have to be exactly the same as each other do you understand what i'm getting at <laughs> let me go to the bathroom because i need to pee and maybe i'll think about it because right. what am i gonna do Fill the dead air. I got a P2. Uh, hey guys, how's it going? Party on Garth. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what he's going for right now. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm ready to pack it in. How about you? You ready to pack this in? fuck should I talk about? I'm under under pressure with no ideas. It's Sunday night. Tired. It's not 11 o'clock yet, so that's good, I guess. Uh, I 
Oh, man. Penguins lost the other night. Tough one in overtime. Tomorrow night they play the Senators in game two. Be awesome if they win. And Greg's almost back. That's good because this is the worst radio I've ever done. I think I got it, but you should go to the bathroom. No, just just go ahead. Okay. So let me let me think about this. Let me go back to both people both both perspectives are sharing the same time. Time is the same everywhere. So you're at some point A, and I'm at some point B, and I'm digging a huge hole, a ridiculous hole. Big, 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 big. Huge. Huge hole. Greg digs the best holes. Um, so if time was the same everywhere, then the further I dig this hole, um, the more your slope would start to t- turn towards it as I'm doing it, right? I don't follow. Okay, I'm building up a big charge potential. Big charge. I'm building up a whole bunch of positive charges here on my side. Boom, boom, boom. I'm building a whole bunch of positive charges. So you have a little, you have a little compass. Okay, right. and so it's going to start to to want to point away from from this point where I'm building up all these big positive charges. Okay. All right. Now, if time is is not a factor here. Then as it doesn't matter how far away I am, but you're going to measure this at the same time as I do, as being, you know, me being positive, this potential well is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's more and more positive. Okay. But that means it doesn't matter how far away I am. I could be across the universe. And I'm just building charges because time is again, time is just blank. So I'm building up charges, and you would see it happen immediately. Okay, get to your point, man. If that's not the case, then there must be some limit to how fast this information travels. Whatever it is, there must be a speed limit. Right. You appreciate, are, are you good with that? Yes, because I know there is one. I know, but I just want to, to get it into your head why that needs to be the case. Because any, anything I, I did here, no matter how far away I am, would instantly affect you here if it wasn't the case. Okay, I, I don't know where you're going, man. Okay, okay. When you when Maxwell was doing his equations for light, he found a speed limit for electromagnetic, and it's this thing we call C. Um, this is just it, it, you know, as far as Maxwell concerned was concerned, uh, there are these things called fields, and there is a speed limit for how fast these fields could update. Basically, so something over here would not feel something that happened here immediately. It would take time for this to transfer to here. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened in this field 
would affect this field eventually, but not immediately. And the speed was this C factor. So the really interesting thing that comes out of this that Einstein figured out is that no matter where you are, you're measuring, if you measure how fast light moves, it moves at the same speed. Even if you're accelerating away or towards that speed of light. What does that mean when we go back to the factor of the Newtonian idea? What then is light if we think about ourselves in the center of a two-dimensional plane and light, no matter what we're moving at, is always moving at the same speed? I don't know either. That's the thing. I'm trying to figure this out because there's there's something here because the, the, the deal is light doesn't effectively change in this, in, in this picture. Light is like something that's always there. It's, it's, it's not moving in this Newtonian dynamics thing. Okay. And uh, it's, it's something that, that I'm trying to kind of figure out because I think there there's a way to bring this into a good conception of, of of stuff, but I haven't figured it out yet. That's why I'm asking you for some help here. Because there, there, there's there's something I know there's something to this idea. The light is not the. There's something really really strange about what's happening with light here. Okay, so. Uh, I'm kind of surprised you're asking this question. So, I mean, what part of what I'm about to say is where you're breaking down? And that is, so we we know that from every observer, light is traveling at the speed of light. Right. So... What we really know is that light is traveling at the speed of time. And that's where it gets interesting. Okay. Sure. Because light then is synonymous with time. That's how we measure time. That's the that's the only way we can actually do the most precise measurement of time is by measuring light. I don't know if that's a conclusion to draw that light is time. I'm not saying light is time. I say, well, I'm saying, well, maybe it's it anonymous is what you said. Maybe I am, uh, the, and that, that's that's where it comes to, right? It, is that we only measure time by how something moves, right? If if nothing changed, then we wouldn't be able to measure time at all. There'd be no such thing as measuring anything. Mm-hmm. But if nothing changed, then we wouldn't measure time. Mm-hmm. The the fastest something can change is at the speed c. Mm-hmm. Light moves at the speed c. Mm-hmm. Therefore, by measuring light, 
you are either exactly or effectively measuring time. Because light is moving at the same speed time is. Okay. Sure. I mean, we've talked about how, like, a photon doesn't age, right? Right. The photon, uh, we see it move, but the photon doesn't exist in any way that we'd understand it. Not only did the photon not see space, the photon doesn't see time either. So when I said there's a background here, this Z, which is equal to time, you might be able to say something that's this is also equal to light. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Is there a way that makes sense? I'm not the guy to, to give you the answer on that. I would, I would first say, since we've never heard anyone put those all strung together, that there's good reasons no one said that. Um, Doesn't mean it's wrong. No, I mean seriously. I, I'm, I'm not. I am not trying to be like, oh, I'm the smartest person alive or anything. No, no. I, I could, but it's possible I could come up with a new way of describing something. That's. It's within I mean, the realm of possibility. Life as a photon is weird, right? I mean, because life as a photon is you're you're traveling through. From your point of view, you're not traveling. Yeah, you live your entire life in an inst. You know, instant's not the right term, but there is no such thing as time. To the light, there is no such thing as dimensionality. Well, but, there is no such I mean, thing as dimensionality photon, in the direction it's moving. But photons do decay, right? I mean, over like no. trillion years or something like that. As so. far as we know, that's not true. Now, they, they, now, if space is stretched out, then, then the photon will be attenuate. stretched out along the space, attenuate. and it will be below which we can measure. Right, okay. I thought there was a decay thing in there, but... No, I don't think maybe we... Maybe it's just the attenuation... Like heat death type yeah, thing is what right. I was thinking of. Yeah, heat death is is the attenuation. It becomes okay. it uh, so spread out that it's effectively nothing. Right. Same way with the infinity, right? It's the mm-hmm. right. So, what was I going to say? I was going to say. I lost my track right there. Um... Okay, well, let me, um, let me let me just talk about one more weird thing about light that's different, completely different. Talking completely different. You may have seen this experiment, but if not, it, this will this may blow your mind. I have a photon of light, okay, mm-hmm. that's moving along. Now it has some angular momentum. It has some polarization, right? Let's say I put a piece of Polaroid film, like not like. A, not Polaroid of the camera, but actual polarized film, mm-hmm. such that the only light that's going to pass through is is stuff that's uh, polarized in, in in let's say this up direction, 
Okay, so that then the photon that comes through is only going to be the only photons that come through are going to be polarized in this up direction. Now, if I put another piece of Polaroid film right on right below it that is polarized in the other direction, right, mm-hmm. in horizontally instead of vertically, then nothing's going to get through. Okay. No photons are going to get through. You get zero. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be blocked. What happens? These can be right on top of each other, by the way. What happens when I put a Polaroid film, one is vertical, the second one is diagonal, and the third one is, is horizontal. What? Light gets through. Okay. So you get light. So, all the spins of the light, all the polarizations of the light, when they come out from this polarized f- film, are all going to be in the right direction, in, in, in the same direction. When they come out of this one, they're going to be randomly in one of these two directions, and then they're going to be blocked. Some of them are going to be blocked by this one, but not all of them. Just by going through a second polarization that's not exactly the same as the first or exactly opposite the first these the spins get changed to a random polarization okay you're not amazed by that that doesn't excite you does that it's just like the dual split experiment it's just something un- unintuitive so but do you see what's weird about that no let's it's weird that it's unintuitive that's what's weird about it um but there's lots of things that are unintuitive when it comes with light so right but but bothered by it okay Uh, i mean i i still find that demonstration fascinating because the The implication is that these objects really do have randomness built into them because otherwise this sort of thing wouldn't make sense. If you think about if if these photons that, that got that went to this first Polaroid film then were all aligned this way, then some of like if you were thinking about them like classical objects, mm-hmm. then some of them would be blocked and some of them wouldn't be blocked by this, but they would still be in this direction. They wouldn't change directions. That doesn't make sense. Maybe I don't understand what you're saying by this diagonal polarized film. Maybe I don't understand polarization. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, think about if I sent uh, balls. I would have expected only diagonally oriented photons to get through. So I don't know why... Up photons are getting through a diagonally polarized film. Okay, that, that's a it's, it's a little complicated as to, as to why that's happening, but you can only so okay uh, spin. When we're talking about spin, it has um, um, so when you're talking about spin of an object, let's say a, a ball of some sort, 
uh, you're talking about spin really around some sort of axis. There's some axis of rotation, right? So that this object that I'm spinning right now, this, this gun, is spinning around one axis, and the other axis are spinning. Now, technically, I guess you could have it spinning around a semi-major axis, too. But and most you can have with a physical object sort of spinning around two axes at a time. In quantum mechanics, they're spinning around three. All three. And you can only measure one. Uh, and you can only measure one with respect to some angle. So when something is saying is spin up, let's say, that means you have a filter that's looking for stuff that is along this axis. And it will say, you'll be able to tell if an object that comes across this filter is aligned with that axis or not aligned with that axis. And that's all you can tell. So spin up just means spin in this axis we're measuring. Unaligned, because unaligned is this and this and this. You'd think so. And this. And this. And this. Yeah. And this. And this. And this. Right. But in quantum mechanics you can only measure one of two states, either aligned or unaligned. And here's, I would have called this one aligned. Well, you called this aligned? Because it's parallel to the filter. Well, th- this means not up. Not up. <laughs> as, as opposed to down. This is not up. Okay. So... Um, so it, the interesting thing, okay, so you can measure this, you can measure this, and you get the answers. If you measure stuff that comes across here, and then you measure uh, a 60-degree a angle, let's say, something like that, then stuff that you knew were aligned up, you're going to get the probability that three quarters of the particles are going to be up and one quarter is going to be down because it's going to be uh, the cosine of the cosine squared of half the angle two that's going to be your probability and then so if this angle is 60 degrees it's going to be 30 degrees and that means it's going to be three fourths that means your probability is going to be up Three quarters of the time and down one quarter of the time. That's just the way the math works. And so there's this weird thing where if you know you're, you know things came because you, you're only pushing the spin up ones to this particular angle, you're going to get this distribution, this probabilistic based on this angle. Okay. <laughs> the way you're being like, okay. Just Sorry, sounds like I didn't mean to be so quiet. My voice just didn't work. You're exhausted. But so so that so the interesting thing here is you're measuring on this, not on the up, but on this thing, but you're still getting a relationship between up and down. You're still or, or you're getting things that are matching or not matching that angle based on this relationship to the original. That's the measurement you get in quantum mechanics. Why? That's what they do. In other words, spin is quantized. Spin is either going to be up or not up. And we call not up down. Okay, so when you did this thing here, right? Mm -hmm. You have the first polarization up. You have this diagonal polarization. 
then you have a sideways polarization. So the first one says only things, very high probability that it's up, you know, 100%, whatever. Yeah, it's only, it's only letting a few things that are up. This one's diagonal, so this one is a 2 to 1 percentage that's letting things through. This one's horizontal. Is this So when you're talking about probabilities like you were just doing... So if I... It, so are you saying... So you said light gets through, check mark. Yes. Do you mean all light gets through Not or there's a probability that a photon can get through? A bunch of them get through. Um, so if I have right after this up filter, a filter that, that looks and checks to see if it's uh, horizontal, I should get the up filter only lets up, up ones through and it goes to the horizontal one next. And I should get none because they should all be polarized horizontally. And that's what I get. That's the answer. I get zero. Really, it's 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 not so much done, but as as in the opposite direction down, because it's the way the quantum mechanics. So if I measure exactly the opposite direction, then I'm going to get none out of out of this first filter. But if I do a much another measurement along the way, along a slightly different angle, then the spin is changed. So the next time I do a measurement, some will get through. Every time you measure the spin, it changes the spin. Okay. So what does that mean if your if your particles are entangled? I don't know. That's the question, and that's what uh, that's what I'll leave you with. What does that mean? If your particles are entangled, in other words, they're the same. System. So one is the opposite of the other, whatever it is. What does this mean with entangled particles? If you can have a system that's separated in space, but one of them is reflecting the opposite of the other, what does this experiment say? And why was Einstein so upset with it? Okay, well, that's enough for me then. All right. <coughs> Jeff's not Jeff's not digging it at all. Jeff is not interested, or he's interested, but he doesn't know what I'm saying. I don't. I don't get the polarization thing. I can show you a video of it. Sure. I guess we can just we can we can stop the show now because I, the video okay. won't be interesting. All right, bye everybody.